Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Hyperconscious Podcast. Alan, what is Hyperconscious? Once you understand why something is the way that it is, now you have the power to change it. Great conversations with great people and great questions are the keys to the kingdom of unlocking your consciousness. Every single action that you do starts as a thought. When you control the way you think, you will control the way you act, and you will control the way you live. That is hyper-conscious. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another very special, as always, episode of the Hyperconscious Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our latest Scratching the Surface episode where Alan and I talked all about fitness. Today, we have a very special episode featuring Dave Meltzer. He is one of the top 10 keynote speakers on the planet. He was rated one of the top 100 business coaches in the world. He is a philanthropist. He is a podcaster. Oh yeah, <laughs> he is a CEO. There are so many things that he is. In fact, I'm going to let Alan read off some because I cannot memorize everything. So this was only a 20 minute episode, but he packed tremendous value into that 20 minutes. So here we go. The about me on David's uh, website. Dave Meltzer is the CEO of Sports One Marketing, a Forbes, as Kevin mentioned, top 10 keynote speaker, an award winning humanitarian, and two times national best selling author with 25 years of experience as an entrepreneur and an executive in the legal, technology, sports, and entertainment fields. With expertise across many industry verticals, he is uniquely positioned as a world renowned thought leader, business strategist, and leading humanitarian. Dave has created a platform that allows him to communicate with everyone from college students to C sweet executives by using his principles for business and life gratitude empathy accountability and effective communication folks we are actually fortunate enough to be going to see david live speaking um at a different college and we already booked our hotel for monday so please do not miss this episode you will definitely be seeing and hearing more of dave in the future we already set the intention to get with him in person at some point so we hope you enjoy this episode we will talk to you soon bye bye no 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 um Geographically. Geographically. This is cool. So I would say make sure that pretty face is shown. Yes, true. They're going to want to see that thing. They're going to want to see that thing, Alan. That face. You good? Ready? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another very special, as always, episode of the Hyperconscious Podcast. We have a very special guest today. He is an author, a philanthropist, a podcaster, one of the top 100 business coaches in the world, and both Forbes and Entrepreneur named him one of the top 10 keynote, keynote, be nice if I could talk, keynote speakers <laughs> on the planet. We are sitting down with David Meltzer. How are you doing, Dave? I am hyper and conscious, so those are two good things to be on your show. We appreciate that. <laughs> so for the listeners, we're on a little bit of a shortened platform today, so we are going to get right into the goods and try to learn as much about David as we can. So David, I was watching an interview with you, and you were talking about the fact that you were a multimillionaire by the time you were 32, and then you lost all of that, but luckily, you got it all back. Now, 
when it comes to failure, Alan and I talk about that all the time, and we know a lot of people avoid that. What is your association and relationship with failure, especially on a scale like that, and especially dealing with people who look up to you and count on you? You know, uh, failure to me is our miracles now, right? Uh, before, uh, failure was created by automatic temptation, which is uh, created by the ego and, and speaking and, and doing and thinking and believing outside of your consciousness, outside of your conscious, subconscious and unconscious truth. Uh, when I stopped pursuing my potential, when I surrounded myself with the wrong people, and the wrong ideas, when I lived out of ego with no radical humility, uh, all the things that I was afraid of, I manifested, which was losing everything. And so for me, uh, failure are miracles, uh, as long as you can find the lesson in them. And, uh, I try to, uh, to make as many mistakes once that I can, because I know that I'm better off. And it's, it's not the mistakes uh, that, that are the problem. It's not letting the mistakes go and forgiving yourself. That's the problem. Dave, I love that answer. I have come to adopt the phrase, making mistakes is proof that you're trying and I'm trying really hard. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so you say the words radical humility a lot and I really love that, but can you please describe for me, Kevin, and for the listeners, of course, what radical humility means to you? Yeah, it's a way of surrendering and allowing things to happen. Uh, when I was a manipulator and I thought I was in control of my life, uh, I lived out of ego, which is the need to be right, the need to be offended, the need to be separate, inferior, superior, anxious, frustrated, attacking, guilty, resentful, uh, all of these different things. And when I learned simply to ask for help and to realize that I'm one, created as one, connected to all, that's when radical humility came to play. And it's still the two words, although I'm a big gratitude freak, the two words that sit on my nightstand and in my wallet and on my computer is radical humility to get out of my own way, allow everything to come through me with appreciation to add value for others. And I live that humble existence the best that I can and illuminate the times that I'm not living in a humble existence, illuminate the times that I'm a huge hypocrite and I make mistakes and I live out of ego. Uh, but my goal is to make that time less and less every day. Dave, a lot of people want to get where you are from you know, the financial and being able to impact people and kind of have a life of freedom. When it comes to that, why and I mean this in the best way, obviously, why are you still so focused on helping other people? Like one of your biggest things is being charitable and you are charitable on another level. Why is that so important to you? And has it always been uh, a focus of yours? So um, in all honesty, it's always been a focus of mine, uh, but it's what I did and why I did it that really has changed. Um, I always was very philanthropic, um, but I wanted I, I was trading. I was trading my philanthropy and generosity for respect, uh, for admiration, for credibility. Uh, and like I said, living out of radical humility, I live my life of service uh, to provide value. And it's not just giving money. Uh, I give my time. I pick up trash. I open doors. I smile at people. I take time to coach and inspire people wherever I can. I give you know big corporate speeches and I go to Hobbs, New Mexico and talk to the Chamber of Commerce and, and the student body at USW before I did my corporate commencement speech. And, uh, you know, for me, it's 
the, the money itself allows me to shop for the right things. And the right things are buying community centers for, you know, women in, in Kenya to impact millions of people for the rest of existence. You know, these are the things I'm shopping for all the right things in philanthropy, not shopping for myself. That is powerful. I, um, so you mentioned earlier already that at one point you were living a life of manipulation rather than of service. Now you've already said the word service several times. So I kind of want to quote something that I heard you say in a video recently. You said, I've lived that life of manipulation. I understand it. If someone's telling you how important money is and showing you only the quote unquote hot components of life, then they are selling you. I think this is a common misunderstood thing in all of our consciousness sometimes, especially my own, um, because at one point I do feel like I was, you know, just a little background here, I was in corporate sales as well. So what in your perception is the difference between manipulation and positive influence? Ladies and gentlemen, we hope you are enjoying this episode where Alan and I were lucky enough to interview Mr. David Meltzer. We wanted to talk to you today about confidence. Something that happens quite often is somebody will reach out and say, Hey, Kevin, how do I become more confident? How do I become more courageous? How can I fear chase like you have? Well, Alan and I literally just sat down and recorded a 20-minute behind-the-scenes course on the six ways that you can start building confidence right now. Folks, all these guests that we have on the show, similar to Dave, have lived these extraordinary lives of wealth and prosperity. How do they do that? It all starts with one courageous moment at a time that requires confidence. After you watch this video at thehyperconsciouspodcast.com slash free, you will quite literally start stacking these small wins one on top of the other. Just like going to the gym and bench pressing a little bit and upping the weight each time, your whole life is going to change. Should we get back in the episode? Absolutely. All right. We hope you enjoy. Talk to you soon. Bye. Yeah, so I, I use manipulation and motivation. Uh, Manipulation is uh, training. Uh, it is overselling, back-end selling, lying, cheating. Uh, it's self-interest. Uh, manipulation has nothing to do with unconditional behavior. Uh, to me, motivation uh, is living in a world of more than enough, allowing everything to come through you for the benefit of other people. Uh, and in that selfless pursuit comes motivation, or a true frequency that inspires others to inspire others to be happy. Uh, and, you know, uh, a manipulator lives in scarcity. They live in a world of not enough or just enough. And a motivator lives in a world of more than enough. You are doing an excellent job of motivating thus far, I must say, Dave. This is, like, I know we're hammering you with questions, but... <laughs> I love it. You're, you're keep adding, coming. Well, we're going to keep coming. You're adding so much value, so we appreciate it. So... We have talked about ego a couple times already on this, and I wanted to dive a little bit into your story. You got to the point where your wife came up to you and said that she wasn't happy, and it wasn't, you know, the houses, the cars, the money, that didn't make her happy. She wasn't happy with you and the person that you were becoming. So can you go into what that meant to you and how you had to kind of go back to your core values in order to be the person that, you know, originally met her and made her fall in love with you? Well, I met her in the fourth grade and I actually, by the sixth grade, made her hate me because I asked her to go, well, I had a friend ask her to go study at sixth grade camp. And when she said no, ask me, tell him to ask me himself, I threw an egg at her. <laughs> <laughs> that means um, he likes you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I keep telling her that. And I tell my teenage daughters that too, when boys pick on them, that they, <laughs> be careful, you might marry them someday. Um, but, but, you know, I outkicked my coverage. Um, you know, I won the lottery. 
uh, when I met my wife. And when she blessed me to spend the rest of her life with me, I absolutely won the lottery. So when I worked so hard uh, for my mom and my wife to provide everything I thought they wanted, except for I lost my character, uh, my gratitude, my empathy, forgiveness, accountability, and effective communication, my true inspiration. And I, I thought I was being selfless by living a life of scarcity because I was providing so much for my mom and my wife. Uh, but I wasn't giving them, like, I wasn't shopping in the right places, right? I also wasn't giving the right things. And, uh, you know, my wife and my mom for years would keep telling me that I don't get it. And I would, in my arrogant self, say, I don't get it. You know, I remember telling my mom one time, what do you mean I don't get it? Mom, you make $12,000 a year. I make that in an hour, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I really equated. And so when my wife stuck it to me, and she, you know, when you have a lot of money, everybody kisses your butt, right? Everybody says stuff like, oh, you're the greatest. Oh, take me out to dinner. Oh, you're the greatest. Let's go skiing. Oh, you're the greatest. Take me in the plane. You know, oh, you're the greatest. Give me tickets to the bastards. Um, my wife said I wasn't the greatest. And she said I better take stock in who I was and what I wanted to become. And that rocked me. Uh, it, it, it brought a feeling over me that I was lost. And for a few years until I lost everything, I set myself on a path to fix it. And I stayed patient. I stayed persistent. I continued in the pursuit of my potential uh, of my core values. And I turned things around quite quickly because of it. So there are um, an unbelievable amount of questions that are jumping off the page. Obviously, I have prepared ones, but there's so many more that are coming off. One of them in particular, you you always refer to the conscious, the subconscious, and the unconscious. Now, I talk, the listeners of this show know that I talk a lot about the conscious and the subconscious, but I'm very curious as to your uh, perception of these different three facets and what practical place uh, placeholder they they play in our lives can you go into a little bit of that yeah sure so the conscious is what you think say and do there's basically ten thousand new data inputs every day ten thousand new ideas that come through touch feel sight right our senses and we have a cellular structure which has a memory and that memory it's why it's so important to be consistent about what we do and to do things every day. Two minutes of meditation is worth more than an hour on a Saturday because you're doing it every day. Mm-hmm. So the conscious is what we think, say, and do, and it relates directly to the cellular memory that we have. Uh, the subconscious has 40,000 of the same thoughts every day, and they'll attract those 40,000 of the same thoughts, not only attract conscious thoughts so that when things bother us or we can't get them out of our mind. We know that they're in the subconscious attracting into the conscious, very similar thoughts, actions, and words. Um, But the interesting thing about the subconscious as well is that's what creates uh, the neural pathways in our mind, creates efficiency, effectiveness, statistical success, but it also creates limitations. And those are where the beliefs lie in the subconscious. So most people think that if they can control the conscious and subconscious like you guys, and we think, say, and do, and believe, all the right things like Napoleon Hill says and Carnegie says yep. you know you believe it you will achieve it uh, that's not necessarily true because the thing that they're missing is understanding of the unconscious and there's two unconscious competencies that people don't realize the first is a genetic one and whether you believe in past lives or not at least you know that genetically 
your personality traits, characteristics, obsessions, and addictions are carried in DNA, a code that's passed down through generations, if not lifetimes, to yourself. And that if we're not activating and deactivating the correct coding, that no matter what we think, say, do, or believe, we'll keep having the same void shortages, obstacles, resistance, or success. Mm. Uh, So we want to keep those activated. The second unconscious competency is the energetic one. Uh, And this one's even less apparent than the personality traits, characteristics, obsessions, and addictions. We actually portray an unconscious energy that attracts all the things we want or don't want. Uh, I call it faith, right? I put faith in what I do want, and that energy carries and attracts at an exponential rate what I do want. When I'm thinking, speaking, believing out of ego, it's affecting my unconscious competency, my energy. And that's why some people, they seem to think, say, do and believe all the wrong things, but they you know, somehow attract all the great things in life. That's because they carry an unconscious competency. Uh, and eventually, that unconscious competency will leave them. It's just a matter of time, right? The truth vibrates the fastest. So whether it's this lifetime or generations down the road, Eventually, if you don't do, think, say, and believe the right things, even your unconscious competency will change. If you do the right things, we can rapidly and accurately change them and get the whole system, the conscious, subconscious, and unconscious, all working in our favor to allow everything that already exists to come to us in a rapid and accurate manner. Going deep. I am loving it. Dave, so... Alan and I each have questions that we ask every guest, and every guest has a unique, interesting answer, and we're looking forward to hearing yours. So I think that we're given this time on this earth, and we get to do with it what we please, and it seems like you've kind of lived a couple lives at this point, and maybe this answer is different now than it would have been 10 or 15 years ago, but what do you hope to accomplish with your time on earth before you die? Ah, that's easy. I want to empower others to empower others to be happy. If I can impact millions and millions of people to impact millions and millions of people to be happy through my ideas, my actions, my words, my money, all the different assets that I have, uh, that's my journey. And I want to impact as many people to be happy as I can. Just for the listeners, before Alan asks this question, listen to the clarity. Listen to how well he knew that. Listen to the fact that he embodies that every day. That's why he's doing it. So I also, for the listeners, want to bring something to the table here. So like Kevin said, look at the clarity. So that intention that David has is quite literally the reason he is on this podcast right now. He is quite literally empowering Kevin and I to then empower others, and you can do the same. And that purpose part um, is just the intention creates the action. I, I want to bring that to the listeners. So... For my last question here, David, I, um, I always wear this chain around my neck, and it's got the uh, North Star on it. And for me, it's kind of like mind, body, heart, and soul, and the center of the, the North Star is sort of the, the congruence of all four of those facets of life um, into one purpose. Now, I think we grow, we evolve, we change. Obviously, you're into personal development, and you've grown and evolved a lot over time, but I do believe there's a part of us that I've heard you basically say we go from nowhere to now here back to nowhere, but I believe there's a part of us that was constant through the whole thing. The true north is a guide. It's the brightest star in the sky. It never changes. It's constant. What about you never changed? The truth. The truth vibrates the fastest. So uh, for me, whether I was pursuing the truth or neglecting the truth or not telling the truth, the truth exists. The truth is light, love, forgiveness. And when we understand the North Star, we understand that truth, that light, 
that the North Star to me represents the oneness of what you're explaining. And we understand that the truth vibrates the fastest and we can only be aware of that which vibrates equal to or less than us, that my pursuit of the truth, my pursuit of my potential, my truth is the ultimate feeling. And it includes those feelings of love, light, joy, and forgiveness. All right, Dave, you just, I'm sure if anybody's listening, they are blown away at this point. If they want to find you on social media, if they want to hire you, if they want to buy a program, if they want to, any of those things, buy a book, where can they find you? Plug away anything and everything. Well, I don't, I don't sell anything. So come to at David Meltzer. If you want a book, I'll mail it out to you and pay for shipping. You'll never see me standing in front of a Rolls Royce or a mansion or a, <laughs> a, pl- a plane I don't. I don't own, uh, but I, I am at David Meltzer on Instagram, David Meltzer on LinkedIn, Twitter. Uh, my website is dmeltzer, first initial, last name.com. My business is sportsonemarketing.com. If you're interested in sports, I still have a global sports marketing company. Um, I speak around the world. I coach. Um, I have a podcast. Please download a top five business podcast called The Playbook. Uh, please download that and share it with your friends. It's all the biggest names in sports and business. Everyone from the founder of Lululemon to Ray Lewis to Danica Patrick and Maria Sharapova, Tony Hawk. It's extraordinary to learn their playbooks of success. I have a TV show called The Elevator Pitch. Uh, look up Elevator Pitch. We had 40 million viewers last year, and it teaches you how to do a one-minute elevator pitch. Uh, but otherwise, my main goal, like I said, is – I really would love it if anyone enjoys my content to share it. And most importantly, be kind to your future self and do good deeds. It's a really simple ask, but it has a great impact. So please be kind to your future self and do good deeds. Dave, we're hoping that the people that listen to this will take that to heart. We appreciate you adding so much value in such a short amount of time and uh, spending the time with us today. We appreciate that. Ah, the pleasure has been all mine. I look forward to doing it again. And thank you for uh, respecting my 520 rule. I know we only had 20 minutes, but I try to pack as much in as I can so I can get to as many people as I can. I hope you find that fair. Absolutely. Dave, I got a full page of notes here. Um, Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really believe that you're going to change the world. Keep doing what you're doing. And I hope to do this again soon, hopefully in person at some point. That would be beautiful. Thank you guys. Have a wonderful, wonderful uh, weekend and, and a great week. Thank, Thank you, you so much, ladies and gentlemen. David Meltzer. Talk soon. All right. Uh, take care, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed this episode where Alan and I were lucky enough to interview the amazing, successful Dave Meltzer. Up next, we have a very special Small Talks episode where Alan and I talk all about love. Love is life's oxygen, as I'm sure you've heard. No, but seriously, like the more deeply you care about someone or something the harder you're going to work toward that thing and for that thing and the more you're going to become do not miss this episode i think love is a word that fills all of our lives and i think getting more clarity on it is going to be huge for all of us i think that a lot of people are afraid to talk about love because love is one of those things that's very intimate and you have to be vulnerable to talk about it but alan and i Uh, pride ourselves in being vulnerable. So I am very much looking forward to talking about that. And we hope you'll enjoy. Talk to you soon. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for listening to another episode of the Hyperconscious Podcast. 
Going hyperconscious will absolutely change your life because if you understand why something is the way it is, now you have the power to change it. If you going hyperconscious with us has changed your life in any way, please share this episode with one of your friends because the more people that go hyperconscious, the better this world's going to be for everybody. And if you would kindly leave us a five star review on iTunes, that would help us make more people hyperconscious and we would be greatly appreciative. Thank you. Bye.